This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. This is Gene Cagney with a welcome to Stars Over Hollywood, presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk. host for Carnation, Art Ballinger. Welcome to Hollywood, home and workshop of the world's most glamorous people. Each week, Stars Over Hollywood is brought to you by Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk. And today, we present The Truth Pays Off, starring Gene Cagney. Ladies, when you buy milk, remember that no other kind of milk has as many uses as Carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. Yes, it's Carnation bringing you stars over Hollywood. And speaking of stars, here's the girl who bids fair to rival her famous brother in acting ability, Jean Cagney. Well, can't blame a girl for trying, Art. Well, I must say you've worked very hard on your career, Jean. I see by the record that you studied at Pasadena Playhouse, made four pictures for Paramount in one year, and piled up some good stage experience, too. What have you done, Jean, other than films? Oh, I've done a number of Broadway plays, including Eugene O'Neill's The Iceman Cometh. And while I was on Broadway, I also did some radio serial work. Played in Helen Trent and Young Widow Brown, Front Page Farrell, you know. And after that, back to the coast and pictures. That's right, Art. I've just finished the last of three. First was Time of Your Life and then Quicksand. And the third film hasn't been released as yet. It's called Don't Bother to Knock. A good title. Well, Gene, we have a very fine story for you to tackle today, and it's backed up by a fine product, Carnation Evaporated Milk. Those who use Carnation know what a miracle milk it is. In cooking, Carnation actually does perform miracles not possible with any other form of milk. People who use Carnation for cream soups, packaged cake and pudding mixes, and casserole dishes are amazed at the improvement in flavor. That's because Carnation milk is heat-refined, which promotes in the cooking an ideal blending of ingredients. And, of course, being more than double-rich milk, Carnation is able to add even more to the rich quality and flavor of your foods. Yes, and even when you mix Carnation with an equal amount of water, it's still richer than any state standard for bottled milk, yet costs far less than bottled milk. So why not start cooking the Carnation way now? Enjoy the delicious results made possible by this heat-refined, more than double-rich milk. Carnation, the milk from contented cows. And now, Act One of The Truth Pays Off, starring Gene Cagney in the role of Verity Noonan. Curtain going up. Honesty, Verity. You can carry some things too far. Even truthfulness? Especially truthfulness. You can take the word of an old woman that the unvarnished truth has ruined more romances than gambling or drink. And you think that, that if I stick to the truth, I'll lose Steve? I'm sure of it. So all I have to do is to sacrifice the one thing I've based my entire life on, the truth. You make it sound so dramatic, my dear. Really, it isn't as important as you're trying to make it. Oh, but it is. Aunt Sophie... You know quite a bit about me, but but I haven't told you the whole story. Well, go ahead and tell me. 
Sometimes talking helps to lead us to the right conclusions. Well, the story begins with my grandfather, Patrick Noonan. Naturally, I remember him as an old man, but he must have been a very young boy when he came to California in search of his fortune. He told me often how he'd come into his wealth. But I remember most clearly the conversation we had just before his death. Come over here by my bed, Verity. Can I get you something? Is there anything you want? I want to talk. I know that I may not have many more opportunities. Oh, now, Grandfather, you'll be around. Verity. I'm sorry. The doctor told you I couldn't live more than another week. Isn't that right? Yes, Grandfather. That's what he said. Well, don't make my last day sad by trying to tell fibs to me. (laughs) You know why people lie, child? Tell me again. Because they're unsure of themselves. They lie because they're ashamed to admit their actions or their own ambitions. They lack a feeling of security. So they lie and cheat and steal in order to get a nest egg. Money and the emotional kind. You don't ever have to do that, Gary. No, Grandfather. Old Nugget Kendrick struck the richest vein of gold in all of California. But he found there wasn't one person in the whole world he could trust. Yet he came across me... He made me his foreman. And when he died, he left me his fortune. The truth pays off, Verity. Yes, Grandfather. I want you to promise me you'll always tell the truth. What? I wouldn't know how to tell a lie. You like it here, Verity? No. I've read all about New York, and that's where I want to go. I suppose you'll light out for there before I'm cold in my grave? Yes, Grandfather. <laughs> that's the girl. Well, Verity, as you know, I've never trusted banks and the like. Uh, hand me those two manila envelopes over there. Oh, these here? Yes. On the nightstand? Yes. Here. Here you are. Uh, uh, this one here. The one that's got the red X on it. This one has enough money for current expenses. It'll bury me and leave you enough for a year or two in New York. Even if you're a mite extravagant. And the other one? This one's got the rest of what I've accumulated in my lifetime, Verity. A little over a million dollars, I figure. This one, you're to leave closed until you've decided what you want to do with your life. What I want to do with my life? Invest in a business or a profession or a husband. Get what you want out of life, Verity. With a million dollars, you don't have to be forced into anything that isn't to your liking. You'll have a good life. As long as you remember to live by the law of truth. Is this seat taken, miss? No. Do you mind if I sit down beside you? Well, I was sort of hoping a good-looking young man might take that seat. Oh, I admire your candor. All right, I'll find someplace else to sit. Oh, you're very nice. You can sit down. I don't see any men worth bothering about here anyway. Well, then, suppose I sit here until we spot a likely candidate. (laughs) If the seat's empty, it might just attract the wrong one. Well, that's true. I'm Verity Noonan. What's your name? Sophie Livingston. But I think maybe you'd better call me Aunt Sophie. All right. It'll afford some measure of protection for you. And if you're always as frank as you've been with me, heaven knows you're going to need protection. Oh, I don't think so. I'm on my way to New York, and once I'm there, I'll have the whole staff of a hotel to take care of me. The staff of a hotel? Yes, I wrote to the Manhattan Biltmore and told them to reserve their best suite for me, and I had a very nice letter from the manager. Why, he told me the whole staff would be at my disposal. 
and that they do everything in their power to make my visit pleasant. Well, I think I'd better write down my name and my address in New York. There may be a few things that come up that I can help you with even better than the management of your hotel. I was very careful with your address, Aunt Sophie. I tucked it away in my billfold, uh, the one I kept right with my two manila envelopes. I was sure I'd want to look you up later because, because I liked you. But I was also sure it wouldn't be because I needed protection. What could happen to me in New York? Even before the train rolled into the station, everything was exciting and wonderful. And when I got off the train, well, that was just like something out of a movie magazine. I was following the red cap when the best-looking man stepped right in front of me. Well, hello there. Hello. Welcome to New York. Well, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, there are times when it's a real pleasure to conduct the meeting all train show, and this is one of them. This young lady is one of the prettiest girls who has ever faced our microphone. Well, is that what that thing is? A microphone. <laughs> like they use in regular radio broadcasts. Oh, well, lady, rumor has it this is a regular radio broadcast. Haven't you ever heard of the program Meeting All Trains? No, I haven't. Well, you've probably heard me on some other shows. I'm Ted Trent. That name's familiar, isn't it? No. <laughs> well, well, anyway, we're even. I don't know your name either. Oh, I'm Verity Noonan. Verity Noonan. I'll mm-hmm. call you Verity if you don't mind. I don't mind. Good. Now, then, where are you from, Verity? From Noonan City, California. Verity Noonan from Noonan City. Well, well. Your first visit to the big city, Verity? Yes, it is. Here for your annual vacation? Oh, no, no. I'm going to live here. Ah, if you can find a job, I guess. That's why most young girls come to New York. Oh, I'm not so young. I'm 24. And I'm not looking for a job. I have enough money. Oh, I'm afraid in New York your money won't go as far as you expected. Well, I guess things will be more expensive here than they are in Noonan City. You can bet your life on that. How big is your nest egg, Verity? A hundred dollars? Huh? Two hundred? No, I have over a million. Over a million? <laughs> You wouldn't be exaggerating just a little, would you? I always tell the exact truth. My grandfather left it to me. Uh, well, yes. Yes, certainly, of course. And I guess you've come here to buy lots of pretty clothes and to see all the shows. I've come here to find a husband. Well, well, after this broadcast, I have an idea you may have more than one suit up. I might even get on that line myself. Where will you be stopping, Verity? At the Manhattan Biltmore. I... I don't know my room number yet. Well, Verity, it's been very pleasant having you on our program. You're the most refreshing thing that's ever happened to us. I have an idea that before this day is very much older, a few things will start happening to you. And so the curtain falls on the first act of today's radio drama, The Truth Pays Off, starring Gene Cagney and brought to you by Carnation Evaporated Milk. Before we return to the second act, here is Carnation's home service director, Mary Blake, with a new lightning-quick way to fix the creamiest cream sauce ever. Mary? The secret art is a concentrated cream sauce that you can store in your refrigerator four to five days. Enough for four family dishes. I call it menu maker cream sauce. The recipe is very simple. You'll want one quarter cup of flour. I'll jot this down too, Mary. One quarter cup flour. One quarter cup Shortening or butter. Mm-hmm. One quarter cup shortening or butter. Next comes two teaspoons salt. That's two teaspoons salt. Okay. And one large can of undiluted carnation evaporated milk. One large can of carnation. Those are the ingredients. Now to prepare the sauce. Blend flour, butter, and salt over medium heat. Gradually add carnation and stir until thickened. Now let me get that, Mary. Blend the flour, butter, and salt over medium heat. 
Gradually add carnation and stir until thickened. That's right, Art. Then cover the sauce and store in the refrigerator until ready to use. Cover and store, right? Then when you want to make cream tuna, cream potatoes, onions, or other vegetables, casseroles, or cream chip beef for supper, you just take a half cup of your menu maker's sauce, add to it two-thirds of a cup of carnation, heat, and it's ready to use. But you must remember to use carnation. No other form of milk will work in my menu maker cream sauce. It needs carnation's double richness to be successful, plus the advantage of carnation being heat-refined. That's where the smooth, creamy quality comes in, as well as the excellent flavor. A good thing to remember, Mary. Thanks for a mighty practical suggestion. Menu maker cream sauce, made with carnation evaporated milk. Return now to the second act of The Truth Pays Off, starring Gene Cagney in the role of Verity Noonan. It was wonderful at first. The manager of the hotel came out to the curb to help me out of my cab, and, and when I got to my room, everyone seemed so anxious to see that I enjoyed New York. Oh, I wasn't stupid about it. I knew that someone without money wasn't treated that way, but... But I didn't mind tipping, and, and I'd always expected to pay for the hotel suite and the clothes and, and the entertainment I'd come to New York to find. There were certain things, however, that I hadn't come prepared for. I'm terribly sorry, Miss Noonan. Nothing like this has ever happened before. But we just can't control the crowd. And then, mostly, they all insist on seeing you. Why? Well, I could call the police, I suppose, but the reputation of the hotel... I... Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. I'm glad. I want to meet men. But these men, they, they heard the broadcast. Well, now, wasn't that lucky? Send them in. You mean unleash that mob? Well, oh, well, maybe it would be better to see them one at a time. I, I could get to know them better that way. Oh, I give up. Uh, Freddie, uh, let them come in one at a time. Well, how do you do, my dear? Welcome to our city. Why, thank you. My goodness, everyone's so nice. <laughs> What's your name? Well, I'm Mortimer Conway of Conway and Associates, members of the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, oh, I'd like to see the exchange. Could you take me? Why, oh, it'd be a pleasure to take you, my dear. I'm, uh, I'm an old friend of your grandfather's. You are? Mm. Did you know him in California? Oh, that I did. We, we often did business together. He used to have me handle his stock transactions. And that's why I thought I'd come to see you first thing and see if I couldn't help you as a business advisor. Out of friendship for the family, of course. Why, how nice. I suppose you heard me on the radio. That's how you knew I was here. Oh, were you on the radio? Well, how pleasant. No, no, my dear. No, your family let me know you were coming. Oh. Oh, did Uncle George write to you? Uh, yes, yes, your Uncle George. George dropped me a line. Oh, I'm and... just ashamed of you. Trying to take advantage of a poor, innocent girl. Yes, now, really, my dear girl, Oh, you I... say your name is Mortimer Conway. But there's an L on your pocket handkerchief. Uh, I don't believe you're a member of the stock exchange because your, your shirt collar's frayed. Grandfather didn't believe in stocks, and I haven't got an Uncle George. Next, Freddy. Would you believe it, Aunt Sophie? Out of over a hundred men who were waiting in my suite, there wasn't one of them who told the truth. Everyone who came to see me turned out to be a fibber. That's when I got disgusted and called you. I knew you were honest. And I... <laughs> I also suspected you were a pretty good cook. 
I was so glad that you invited me to dinner. Just a small piece, Verity? Oh, no, no, thank you. I, I couldn't eat another bite. How about you, Steve? Well, yes, I'll have another piece of pie, but not a small piece. <laughs> My nephew is the champion pie eater in New York City. Isn't that something to be proud of, Verity? Oh, he must have some other claim to fame. <laughs> well, I'll whisper you a secret. I don't earn my living that way. He's a writer. Oh. And I don't earn much of a living that way either. But I will someday. The public isn't educated up to his writing yet. No, that isn't so. I'm not educated up to the public yet. But it'll come if I keep working at it. What? You mean that, don't you? Well, of course I do. <laughs> Let's not spend the evening discussing Steve Livingston and his career. I'm sure we can find something much better to talk about. Do you know that I forgot all about a meeting I have for this evening? Do you think you two people could entertain each other? Well, if Steve wouldn't mind, I'd love to spend the evening with him. Well, I... Well, I really should work, but I... Well, what did you want to do this evening, Bertie? Well, I have every evening all planned. I even wrote it down. Let's see now. This is, uh, Wednesday. Ah, well, I haven't seen the store club yet, and I figured on that for tonight. After the theater, of course. And then I thought I'd like to see one of those late spots up in Harlem. <coughs> uh, pardon me. I, I'm sorry, Verity, but I, I couldn't afford that itinerary. Oh, I wouldn't expect you to pay for it. Maybe not, but I would expect to, if I could afford it, which I probably won't be able to do for about ten years. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I suppose that was thoughtless of me. But I could postpone those things until next Wednesday. You see, I have the rest of this week all planned. Where would you like to take her, Steve? Well... There's a very nice free art exhibit at the Anderson Galleries. There's dancing on the mall, and uh, if we walk both ways, I'll still be able to manage a pair of cokes. Well, that sounds wonderful, Steve. And it was wonderful. That evening and all the others. Because Steve took me everywhere that, that didn't cost money, and, and on the evening Steve had to work, I managed to see the parts of New York that could only be seen for cash. There were always people who were glad to take me as long as I paid the way, and I didn't mind. I wasn't going to be taken in by the phony noblemen or, or the impoverished Harvard men who wanted a stake for a string of polo ponies. But, of course, as you know, I did make mistakes. Remember when I got you out of bed in the middle of the night? What in the world brings you here at this hour, child? Someone tried to force his way into my room. I had to call the house detective. Why, you poor child. Oh, I was very sorry to see Cedric arrested. You knew the person who was trying to break in? Oh, yes, we were dancing at El Morocco earlier in the evening. Oh. You know, I wish he hadn't asked me. To go dancing? Oh, no. No, I asked him. I mean, I'm sorry he asked me where my million dollars was. I had to admit I kept it in my suitcase in an old manila envelope. You don't. I did, but not now. I took a taxi here, and I brought the money with me. I want you to keep it for me. Keep a million dollars in the house? Not me. What? Now, now, you don't have to look at me that way, Verity. I'll keep it in my war safe tonight, but in the morning it goes into the bank. Oh, no. No, banks aren't to be trusted. Grandfather said so. Verity, look at me. Now, your grandfather must have been a very fine man, and I'm sure he meant everything he told you for the best. But he couldn't have meant you to take everything he said quite so literally. Oh, you're getting me all mixed up, and... I'm mixed up enough without any help. Oh, promise me you'll keep my envelope here. Well, I'll keep it for a couple of days until you get a chance to get unmixed. But only on condition that you don't tell anyone it's here. What? Oh, no, you don't have to lie. If anyone asks you, just don't answer. 
If you keep that cute little mouth closed, you won't get into so much trouble. And I did keep my mouth shut. But I still managed to get into trouble. It was because I finally decided that what I wanted most was Steve. He was the only truthful one I'd met in New York. And there were other things about him beside that, too. You're very handsome, Steve. Uh, am I supposed to deny it? Oh, no, no. That'd be dishonest, unless you really thought you weren't. And, of course, you couldn't. I bet we'll have beautiful children. With you being so handsome and me being so pretty. Is this a proposal? Yes, Steve. I want you to marry me. You aren't in love with me, Verdi. No. No, not yet. But you're the nicest person I've ever met. And I'm sure I'll fall more and more in love with you the longer I know you. And that's the truth. I'm sure you think it is. Well, it is. Don't... Don't you think you could fall in love with me? Oh, I'm sure I could, Verdi, but... But I told you before, it'll be years before I establish myself as a writer. I, I can't afford a wife, even one as, as pretty as you. Oh, but I have enough money for both of us. I know that, but I'm not willing to live on your money. Why not? Because if I didn't have to work for it, I'd never become a good writer. Oh, but I'd help you. I'd even learn how to type. Bertie, if you were in the same boat I am, I'd probably hold my thumbs for luck and ask you to struggle along with me. But I'm afraid I wouldn't struggle very hard with a million bucks in the bank. No, Verity, it, it won't work out. You're... You're turning me down? I wouldn't put it that way. But you'd marry me if I were poor. If I didn't have a cent, I could have you. Verity, come back here. Verity! So I went back to the hotel and gathered all my things together and sent for a bellboy and my bill. I paid everything I owed. And then I went out and spent all the money I had left in the first envelope. But how could you have spent all that money in a few hours? Well, I bought lots of clothes. I won't need anything new for years now. And I bought some suits and things for Steve, too, so, so he won't be needing anything for a while. And, and then I bought lots of canned goods and well, everything else I figured Steve and I could possibly need during the next few years. I, uh, I even bought a crib and a complete layette, just in case. So, now I'm broke. Except for a mere million dollars. Oh, that's why I'm here. I want you to give me the other envelope. I'm going to give that money to charity. Then I'll be in the same boat as Steve, and then he'll marry me. There it is. Charity's a wonderful thing. If you want to give some of your money to a good cause, I'm all for it. But let me put some of it in the bank. Both of us hope that Steve will be successful in his work, but, but if he isn't, you may need that security. You owe it to that child you've spoken about. Oh, yes, you're right. Grandfather used to talk about security, too. A nest egg, he used to call it. Oh, but I couldn't put anything away and not tell Steve about it. Why, that'd be lying. It'd be a white lie, Verity, believe me. There aren't any white lies, only black ones. Well, it's up to you. But unless you tell Steve you've given all the money away, you lose it. What? You have to make that choice. I... Oh, I... I don't want to lose him, Aunt Sophie. Hand me that phone. Now we'll open the envelope and count the money and then decide how much goes to charity and how much goes into that nest egg. Oh, we'll have to hurry. Steve's on his way over. 
You know, he was a little angry when I told him I'd bought the wedding ring, too, but but he forgave me. Oh, that was good of him. Shall I open it? Please, I'm shaking a little. And not on account of the money, either. Why, why, Dorothy, there's no money in here at all. Just a bunch of paper cut so that it'd feel like money. Do you suppose someone could have... Look, look, there's a letter, too, in Grandfather's handwriting. What does it say? Dear Verity, until now, I've never told a lie in my life. But I think sometimes... Well, a white lie may be for the best. To the people in Noonan City, I'm a millionaire. But all I ever had, I've spent raising you. I know as I write this that I'll only have a few thousand to leave. I'm putting it in another manila envelope, which I'll give to you later in the day. And this one will contain your emotional nest egg. Thinking it contains a million dollars, you'll have the peace of mind and the freedom from financial worries that will enable you to see things clearly. With no worries about money, you'll be able to plan a good life. You'll select the work you want to do or the man you really love. No choice you make will be colored by a monetary consideration. I hope you'll forgive my deception. My love forever, your grandfather... Patrick Noonan. Oh, oh, I'm so glad, Aunt Sophie. I told Steve I didn't have a cent, and now I haven't told a lie. And so the curtain comes down on the final act of this week's Stars Over Hollywood show as presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk and starring Gene Cagney. In just a moment, we'll have news about next week's show. Meantime, how about a curtain call, Gene Cagney? Well, thank you, Art. Gene, you were splendid. Well, that's what I'd call a mature performance. Oh, what a nice word, mature. Music to my ears after so long being thought of as the baby of the family. Well, being the baby of the family is nothing to complain of, Gene. I know lots of babies, and they wouldn't trade places for anything. That steady diet of carnation evaporated milk keeps them well satisfied. Oh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> you sure did, Gene, but never you mind. It's all to good purpose. You see, people really should hear more about the wonders of carnation in bringing up baby. There's no milk so fine for forming good bones and good teeth. You won't find a better source of minerals and vitamin D, and it's doubly safe. Because carnation is first of all pasteurized and then sterilized after the can is sealed. Which makes it extra easy to digest, too. So, when it comes to choosing the right food for baby, you can understand why eight out of ten mothers who use carnation say their doctor recommended it. It's the milk every doctor knows. Right now, for you, Gene, in appreciation of your fine performance... This bouquet of red and white carnations, just like those pictured on every can of carnation evaporated milk. Oh, what beautiful flowers, Art. Thank you so much. Now, what about the show for next week? Our star on next Saturday's Stars Over Hollywood show will be Lee Bowman. And the story is called The Love Tree. Well, I certainly want to hear that, Art. But for now, it's goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Jean Cagney. The story on today's Stars Over Hollywood was written by Bud Lesser. Supporting Miss Cagney were Peter Leeds, Marjorie Bennett, Fred Howard, and Larry Dobkin. Special music composed by Rex Corey. The program was directed by Don Clark.
Ladies, when you shop for groceries today, be sure to have Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk, on your shopping list. No other kind of milk has as many uses as Carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. Good, good, good. For milk that's extra good, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. Rich, rich, rich. For milk that's creamy rich, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. And now for the Carnation Company and Stars Over Hollywood, this is Art Ballinger suggesting that you be sure to listen next Saturday for Lee Bowman in The Love Tree. And be sure to see the George Burns and Gracie Allen television show brought to you by Carnation Evaporated Milk. Stay tuned now for Grand Central Station, which follows immediately over most of these stations. You can aid the good work of the National Society for Crippled Children by Easter Seals. Stars Over Hollywood comes to you from our Hollywood studios and is heard in Canada over the Dominion Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the CBS Radio Network.